today we're talking about teaching in a second language because the both of us have experience doing that and want to get to sort of like the good things, the bad things, the really embarrassing things, all of that. Welcome. Stick around if you want to learn about the art and philosophy of beautiful movement mixed with evidence-based exercise science. We'll be having tough and inspiring conversations with other coaches, experts, artists, and athletes. Our goal is to challenge myths, explore concepts, and engage in healthy debate as we dive deep with intrigue and curiosity. I'm your host, Hannah Deutscher. I've been teaching dance, Pilates, and yoga for over two decades. And what I've learned is that movement can be the joy that integrates us all together. When we can trust and express ourselves through our bodies, we are unlimited in our ability to change ourselves and our communities for the better. We, as movement teachers and coaches, have the power to help people experience this for themselves. Okay, everyone, let's dive in. Exchanging ideas and changing people's lives one session at a time. This is the Pilates Exchange. So let's give our listeners a little bit of a setup about what we do, how we teach, and what our studio looks like. So it makes sense in the context of what we're going to be talking about today. So my mother tongue is English. I also speak German. Chris, you are German. <laughs> He's German and he also teaches and speaks perfect English. In our studio, we we navigate through all, both of those languages. So we have sometimes classes just in German, sometimes they're in English, or sometimes they are bilingual. Tell me about, Chris, when you did your education, what language were you in? I learned it in German, or we learned it in German because we're a group, and there was just one person was there. He didn't speak German, so our teacher also taught it in English. So I heard it both languages. And since I know the English language pretty well and all the exercises, all the names of the exercises in English, I tend to have an easier time teaching in English. You have an easier time to hear. Yeah. I mean, I learned German later in life as an adult and changing all of my cues and my teaching skills into German was really, really difficult for me because I did my initial Pilates education in English. And then when I realized that I was going to be staying in Germany, I decided to go back and do part of my Pilates education um, in German so that I have more vocabulary. Because I think that was just what was missing in the beginning was that vocabulary. No, yeah, I think that's difficult if you first learn a training method, let's say in Pilates in this case, in one language. And you teach it for a long time, and then you start teaching it in a different language. Even if the first language is not where you're teaching yeah. it, and then you try to teach it in your mother tongue. And it's getting even more difficult if you normally teach it in your mother tongue, and then you learn a different language, and then you have to change all the cues, all the stuff, into your second language. It takes a long time and lots of concentration, I would say. It takes a huge amount. I used to get so nervous. I had been teaching for decades and then I had changed my language and I felt like I just couldn't get those words out. I was so nervous before every class that I took because I was so afraid that people would judge me or I'd make mistakes. And did you feel that too? Maybe no, let me go back to what you were saying. Is I didn't, Of course, nervous. You didn't want to do any mistakes or any stuff and you don't want to make the 
people feel like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But then in the end, people liked it because you were making up words. Oh, because I make up so many you, words Because now. You, you used your, let's say, disadvantage into your advantage and everyone understands you. Like Hannah's coming up with some words, like for example, we're lying on a belly and then Pilates my claws and we're doing some back extension work just to release the pelvis and the back muscles. She just says, shimmy, shimmy, shake. And everyone next to me does it. <laughs> and I was like, what's shimmy, shimmy, shake? You know, it's, it's just moving the pelvis side to side, rocking just to get a little bit loosen up the back muscles. It's so funny. So in the end, saying again, disadvantage in your case, what you were thinking was your advantage in the end because you didn't take yourself too serious. You're just making some fun here and there to loosen up the tension in the class. And I think what was a turning point for me was... When I realized, so yes, I'm teaching in a different language and it's hard for me. It's something new that I'm learning, but it's similar to the experience that the students were having because they were learning Pilates at that same time. And there's a degree of, of difficulty there and you have to make mistakes. You got to try things out both in movement and in language. And that sort of leveled the playing field. And I thought that like you're saying, like it was a disadvantage, but it was actually a real advantage because it disarmed the people. And then they were having more fun or helping me out sometimes or just laughing with me when I couldn't find my words or I mixed them up. Yeah, because then people think you have to be serious in a class. Right. I mean, we're pretty silly or, people altogether. Yeah. So I think that that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. And we were asking me before, how was that for me in the transition or teaching in different languages? I wanted now to talk about a setup which was really difficult for me is, imagine you're having 10 people in your class. So your studio is full. You have two languages in there and some of the people in your class don't have any Pilates experience. And you're teaching in a language which is not their first language. Then you're, let's say, in a good way, fighting with not knowing or they don't know Pilates yet. So you have to explain. So it's really hard for you choosing because then you say, it, for example, in my case, first, let's say first in German and then you repeat it in English. And then... You have to repeat, or do you have to repeat exactly what you said before in this one language to repeat in the other one, or not? I mean, that's, that's a good question. And then it brings me to, there was one in an online class, one person, he, he was from the States, and I was teaching bilingual class, and he, he was eager to learn a little bit more German. And so he said, you can just teach the class in German, just set me up in this exercise. So we set, set it up in set, English. Set it up in English. Set up the exercise in English, and then he knew what's going on. For example, in the seated position, and then I, then I was teaching the setup, seated position, arms, blah blah blah, for the spine twist, and then I switched and stayed in German. I found it really interesting that it was important for him to have the setup, and then he could follow. And this was changing also then my teaching was like, aha, the people just want to know what we're doing next. And then they see also the people around you. So you don't actually have to repeat exactly what you're saying in one language, the other one. Otherwise, you're talking actually in two hours, like you're talking for two. In one hour, talking for two. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're talking for two languages and you're talking for two. When I started teaching, I felt underprepared and overwhelmed. 
I needed to learn how to plan my training so that it made sense, but I wasn't sure what was working and what wasn't. So many teacher training programs leave out the actual art and business of teaching. This is why we created Train the Trainers. Train the Trainers is designed to give you the tools you need to create a powerful learning environment for your students. Gain access to the vault of our collected knowledge where you can learn everything we have to teach you, whether you are a freelance teacher or a studio owner. Get constructive feedback on your teaching with actionable tools you can apply immediately. We can't wait to be part of your teaching journey and to help you grow in your business. Welcome to Train the Trainers. What I was thinking is really interesting what you were saying before. Like sometimes we have a class here where people are multilingual. It's not just bilingual, but they have three, four, five languages under their belt. And in our special situation, I'm sure not, not everyone is coming across this, they'll be either having English or German as a second, third, fourth different language. So it's true when you have a beginner that's in your class and you are choosing which language and which skills you're trying to get them to do, simplicity is what really comes across the best. So we've really simplified how we try to get people to do things. And once they have that experience in their bodies and they are feeling safer that we're not just going to be throwing words or throwing exercises at them, once they feel that security there, then their learning curve is different. They are able to do much more than they had thought before. We also teach quite a lot with our bodies. Though. So you mean also then that as a teacher, we have to prepare even more for those kind of classes we're talking about? Or is it the same? I don't think it's about preparation. I think it's about honing down on communication. What are you trying to communicate at any point? And a lot of us use way too many words all the time. And people don't listen. They They just hear the first two or three words, what you say, and then they're like wandering in their own world. Sometimes it happens. (laughs) So I really love beautiful cueing, and we teach a whole course just on cueing and invitational cues and directive cues, all that kind of thing, which is really, it is important, and it's but in that beginning, when you're dealing with multiple languages at the same time, the clarity and the efficiency of your word choice is more important because you're just trying to communicate what is happening. All of that extra stuff, the deep stuff, the philosophical stuff, that's an extra that maybe comes later. So we don't really need to prepare. Your question was, how much do we need to prepare for that? Think if we are honing in on just get your people as easily doing the movement fast, then we're doing our job. What do you think? No, I think it's exactly right what you're saying. Then what I learned or experienced is that I really have to make sure what I say, and it has to be as short, as clear as possible. Most people think it's really difficult teaching in two languages, but it's easier than you think it is. You just have to be, like you say, less queuing, that's uh, crazy queuing, just get the people in the position and teach the exercise and that's it. And then also sometimes when you set up one exercise, you don't always switch, in my case, German, English, German, English. Sometimes I do German, English, English, German. So, And people will understand it when you show, for example, the arms at the same time. And then they can follow you or you sit, stand in front of a person and we're going to do this one and we're going to do this one. That's where 
in the classes, all of those other teaching tools really come into play. So using mirroring, visual aids, use the students that are there to help facilitate that learning, maybe making a demonstration out of someone. It doesn't mean that you're always doing all of the exercises all the time as the teacher. It's just about being really thoughtful on how, again, how you're trying to communicate what it is that you want. What are some tips that you could come up with that helps our teachers that are starting to teach in a second language? They are about to start or they're thinking. Um, I would say, first of all, it takes time. You have to get used to it. You have to try it. It's totally, but in the end, it's easier than you think it is because maybe you can stay in that language you like to say the things and then you switch to other ones where you feel more comfortable and just just try it out see how it feels and like always be prepared but don't talk too much like all the other classes and it's just getting used to it what really helped me was Again, I learned German as an adult, so I think it's easier probably if you've already grown up with a second language. I made a list of all of my verbs that I needed and all of the nouns, so body parts and what we wanted to do, the verb of that. And that really helped me feel more empowered so I wasn't searching for my words in those exercises. I also took a basic class and wrote out the most simplest way to get people to say things. And I did it only one time, not for all of my classes, just one time. So I felt prepared in that first class. And then I would just practice and play around with words on top of that. Ready for embarrassing stories. What is the funniest thing that you've said accidentally or misunderstandings? In a class. In a class. I know, I don't know. Nothing nothing really comes into my head oh, right now. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> yeah? Maybe start first and then maybe something will come back. Okay. So, no, this is just funny things that happen. Misunderstandings, which they would happen in, you know, it doesn't have to be a bilingual class, but here's one. I was teaching the exercise kneeling side kick. Okay. I do tend to speak fast when I'm excited about something, but I had been teaching that exercise to this group of Germans for several months. And somewhere in the middle of the class, one of the, the people said, where's the psychics? And I'm like, what? What are we talking about the psychics? She had misunderstood me for months, kneeling sidekick as kneeling psychics. <laughs> I love that. It's funny. It was pretty funny. Just a misunderstanding, maybe because of acoustic reasons. It was acoustic, and it was the way I was pronouncing it. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing really comes up in my head. Maybe, maybe later. Was it like a funny situation in your class? No. Maybe I forgot them all. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've blocked them out. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I've messed up words, body parts, right and left upside down, all sorts of different things. And I just want to normalize that. It, it is okay to make mistakes, especially if you're going for a second language and people are more interested in just having a great experience with you. They're going to be forgiving of your language skills because they're just, they're wanting to move in their bodies and they want to have fun with you. So I really encourage you if, if you're thinking about it or are doubting your abilities, 
try it out. It will take a little bit of practice, of course, but we all need practice in things. So do it. Yeah, definitely. If you're a, a person who likes to practice at home yourself first, maybe try to change your favorite cues, but maybe also sometimes these cues make no sense in that language. So try to find your way and experiment around how it works in the other language. And I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun and gives you access to a completely different group of people that can come to your studio and maybe it's going to be the most funny, the most interesting class ever you know some people always think it's going to be difficult i'm going to do all these mistakes no no just like kind of say test it out try it out and it's going to be lots of fun one last thing as a tip if you're considering working in a different language try to take a few classes in that language so either searching for some stuff on youtube in whatever language you want and just hearing how other people work through the exercises will empower you to make some good choices in yours. Exactly. I have nothing else to add to this. <laughs> okay. Well, when Chris is done, we are done. <laughs> We're wishing you a wonderful rest of your teaching day, my friends, and we will hear from you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. A great cost-free way of supporting us and the podcast would be to give us a five-star rating. You can also look down into the show notes and grab any one of the free resources for teachers. I hope to see you next week on the Pilates Exchange. Happy teaching, everyone.